doing today, brother? Oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? How was your uh, weekend watching the games? Um, actually, surprisingly good, man. I, um, you know, I had told you on um, on Thursday, I believe the last time we spoke, I wasn't too pumped, and I, I test for me at least would have been watching the games. And I honestly have to say that it wasn't overshadowed by any of the social stuff that's going on, and. They did a really good job of keeping us engaged, and, um, you know, watching Red Zone, of course. And they also did a really good job of, you know, after a while, I didn't even notice that sta- uh, that the fans were not in the stands. And the game was the games, sorry, were actually a lot more um, cleaner than I thought they would be. I thought it would be a slop fest, you know, a lot of, you know, penalties. I mean, you know, it, it was good. How did you, you know, how did it go for you? So I agree. I think the Jets and the Lions played great, clean football, and uh, <laughs> that was that was wonderful. So I do have to say though that I think that the reason why we didn't get a lot of coverage of the social justice stuff that the players are doing is because there weren't racists in the crowds to boo them. True. Good you know, point. as as the crowds start to come back, if this stuff continues, you know, the protest demonstrations, you know, whatever they're the things they're doing, like at the start of Seattle, Atlanta, when they all took a knee on the opening kickoff, that stuff will become more prevalent when there's, you know, people there displaying their ignorance against it. As it is right now, it's just the players and then the people pay to talk about it on, on TV. And most of them, even if they disagree, have the sense to know not to say anything stupid. So that's great. And, and you know what? That's actually a really good point. You know that we really couldn't get an idea. I mean, we saw a little bit of it in in the uh, uh, KC game, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't overshadowing. So that actually bleeds me into my first thing I want to talk to you about. What did you think of Eric Reed's comments today? So I'm not going to lie. I do not know what Eric Reed said today. What did he say? Oh, well, he's okay. So, you know, as you guys know who Eric Reed was, he was one of the other players with Colin Kaepernick who took a um, a very physical stance um, on, you know, what was happening prior to what was happening now. And he said that the league's use of Colin Kaepernick's image is, is, is uh, I'm not paraphrasing here, is diabolical and it undermines the meaning of the entire thing of what the NFL is trying to do. It's just a PR stunt and he feels that um, obviously they haven't scratched the surface on what can be done. So uh, when you do get a chance, you know, I would like to offline to kind of hear what your take is on it. But uh, for those of listening who saw it and, and it's been all over all of the uh, networks this morning was, I mean, it was just a Twitter post, but it, it, it's caught fire with CNN just picked it up and it's, it's, it's taking it. So, you know, just wanted to kind of see if if you had that uh take on that but i actually i actually i actually completely agree with him um i think everything the nfl has ever done on this issue is nothing but performative that's why i was mad at malcolm jenkins for accepting you know his sellout deal for you know some money or whatever uh the nfl is not interested in doing anything that actually impacts change they're only interested in doing as much as they have to to keep the players playing And so as little as they can do, they will do when they think that by putting Connor Kaepernick's face out there, they can sort of try to rework this image they got, deservedly so, from the way they treated Kaepernick in the first place. And since Eric Reid was, you know, did get his job back and Kaepernick didn't, I do think he is, you know, his view on things is going to be way better, way deeper, way more clear than almost anybody else's. And I, I mean, I think he's, I think he's exactly right. I've not been impressed by anything the NFL has ever done 
on, mm-hmm. in this area at all. And, you know, and, and I guess to preface for the audience, when I think his, his attention would not, you know, without putting words in the guy's mouth, he basically was, you know, saying Roger Goodell and the ownership as the NFL infrastructure um, in the context of his comments. So, you know, I said, you know, when you get a chance, check it out. It's actually kind of, um, you know, it's, it's, it's written really well and it's, it's, it's well received. And again, it's, it took some traction and we'll see how this thing plays out when it goes forward. All right. So we're going to talk some football. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, without barring what you got to put on the plate for us, um, let's talk about the QB play. And I have a couple of quarterbacks. I just want your your quick take on the sure. guys I'm going to throw at you. Um, Tom Brady's debut. Tom Brady's dust, like we thought. Um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's he is he is now what you think Baker Mayfield is. Wow. He is not very good anymore. Yeah, you know, he was never that athletic. He never had the greatest arm in the first place. And he looks old out there now. The Bucks are good. They're going to win between six and eleven games somehow because things whatever. But they're they're no real threat. They're, you know, he threw that pick six. I think that's three games in a row now for him with a pick six. So he's basically Matt Schaub. You know, it's just yeah. I mean, he stared the guy down. Like that was that was the weirdest part for me because that's like what a rookie would do. Like he stared. The, they showed a weird camera view, which is actually a pretty cool camera view in my opinion, of off his shoulder and like his head was right on the guy laser focused i'm like if anyone can't pick this ball off i'm like they've got to be slow as hell and he's already so, north jenkins yeah i'm like yeah what i'm like what were you thinking so obviously the coach took a shot at him what do you think about that i mean i think it's perfectly fine you know i think that if you're gonna be uh you know out here talking like you're the greatest to ever do it and he is the most accomplished quarterback of all time that is that is true and he's you know position himself as the new leader of the team savior of the franchise i don't need belichick and all that yeah i mean he should be accountable for when he makes horrible mistakes like that and also just for not being particularly good anymore which he wasn't last year either but we didn't know if it was you know new england or he needed a new change of scenery but he's he's just average wow okay i mean i, I could definitely agree with a lot of that you know, no, uh, no pushback from me on that. Uh, real quick, who you think gets pissed first, Giselle or him? And they want out of Tampa. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to matter. I think he's going to be out of Tampa in two years, no matter what. Yeah, so, I, I don't see him playing until 44, unless they win a Super Bowl or some shit like that. Which we'll see. Who who knows? Who knows? All right, so uh, next guy on the list, Carson Wentz and the beloved Eagles. So Carson Wentz is fine. Uh, that offensive line, though, you know, yeah, he, bad. he was sacked four times by the twelve-minute mark of the second quarter. Jesus, yeah, it wasn't eight total? It was eight total, right? Yeah, they yeah, finished with eight, with eight total, with eight total sacks. Um, uh, not for nothing, you know. No, not nobody cares about your fantasy team or whatever. But on DraftKings, the Washington Football Team was the cheapest defense available and finishes the second high score on the week. So that tells all you need about the Philly offensive line. And no quarterback is good under pressure except for Russell Wilson. So, you yeah. know, when you get hit four times in the first quarter, I mean, sacked four times in the first quarter, you're going to have a bad game. 
you know, I think Carson Wentz is, is perfectly fine. He's certainly better than Tom Brady. But <laughs> that team has yeah. they have no they have no real pass catchers. Yeah, they have two they have two tight ends that are really good. No real wide receivers. They got the rookie Jalen Rager, but that's it. And, you know, I said in the season preview that they're low-key kind of trash, and there they you are. Yeah. You did. I mean, you 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 are looking into a crystal ball, my friend. All right, Baker. Is he a bust? Come on. Okay, something. so uh full disclosure for the audience, you and I we're arguing about Baker Mayfield for maybe 45 minutes via text yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are on completely, not completely opposite sides here. I'm moving a bit more towards your side. Your side is that Baker Mayfield is the Adam Gates of quarterbacks. My mm. position is that Baker Mayfield has never had an opportunity to really play with any sort of decent coaching until this year. And his first game was on the road at Baltimore. And yeah. You know, I think it's a rough it, it, it's a rough situation for him for him no matter what. So I'm not going to judge too much based on this game. However, he is running out of time very quickly to show that he is not like he's never he's not going to be Ryan Leaf. But his base best case scenario, if this doesn't change, is going to be like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I I I you know I'm I'm hard pressed to kind of not come off my hard line on that so here, here's my take man they have talent in cleveland they have talent they i mean give those i mean I, you love to play that you know put this guy on this team and see what happens mm-hmm. I, I love that you do that you give me landry and well odell now it's i don't know what's going on if he's off a cliff now i don't know what's going on you sent me something prior to the show and uh i want to talk about that at some point but it, it's just you know, like I forgot he was in the game. I forgot that they had those receivers. I forgot that they have a running game to some extent. Their defense is horrendous. Um, I don't know if it's the coaching. And to your point, to your point that he's on his fourth coach in the time that he's been in the league. I get it. And the two coaches that he had prior were horrible, as in Hugh and Kitchens. But at some point, if anyone's played football and meaning you play with these guys for the last two years, some of them, there has to be some kind of cohesion, I would like to think, where you guys can, you know, if it's an audible, if it's if it's a broken play to do something, but he's flat out missing guys. He's missing guys. I don't know if the cadence is off, if there's no training camp, what the deal is, but he's like my guy, Darnold. Like, the, the regression is almost like, whoa, like, you got drafted? So, stop making commercials, Baker. Play some fucking football. Yeah, so I think Baker does need to focus a bit more on the football. But again, you know, the commercials take what a day he gets paid. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I mean, Baker Mayfield probably sucks, but again, a way to probably the best team in the NFL to open the season, I think, is a bit unfair. Now he plays Thursday night against Cincinnati. Oh, if he loses to Joe Burrow, it's over. Well, it's again, over. it's football. He could play fine and lose anyway. Yeah, well, well, the defense. But, but yeah, he yeah, needs defense, to play yeah. well. Like, he can't be out here missing players all over the field and being scared and doing all this other stuff. He needs to have a good game against against Cincinnati well, this Thursday. Well, let me recant what, I'm, what I tried to say. If he gets outgunned or outdueled, then that's a problem. So, because you're right, you know, he doesn't play defense. So the defense has to stop Joe Burrow from going crazy. But 
if he gets if his stats are nowhere near what this kid can put up, and the kid did look good by the way, it's gonna be he's gonna be the talk of the town this weekend. And so speaking of the of the counterpart, so how did Lamar? Is it working in Baltimore? Do you think it's still something that we're talking about? Can this still work, or are you convinced now that he's a NFL quarterback? I I was convinced Lamar Jackson was an NFL quarterback before he came in the NFL. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's only there's only one reason why people wouldn't think Lamar Jackson played quarterback in the NFL, and we all know what it is. Like, yeah, that's not <laughs> like oh, you he'd be a no. great running back. Well, yes, that is actually true. Oh, he's a wonderful wide receiver. Well, I'm sure he probably is. So would have been Randall Cunningham. Right. I can't think a show. So yeah, we could fucking say it. We could say it. Yeah, like you know, it, like, <laughs> like if Lamar Jackson was the exact same, but his name was I don't know Chad Smith. You know, you know, and he was he had the exact same things. So he would be like, oh, this is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. He would have gone first overall, so the last pick of the first round. But yeah, it works. I mean, Lamar Jackson, they didn't even break a sweat. No, no, they kicked the shit out of him. It right, was, it was quick. It was quick, decisive. Yeah. Some of those passes were on the on the rope. It was it was crazy. You know, I didn't know, and I had an interesting tidbit. I think last night that Tannehill in college was a wide receiver, and you know that played quarterback. But obviously, but he switched his position to quarterback. Yes, and I'm Brian like, Tannehill, wow. Brian Tannehill was a wide receiver at Texas A and M um, before Mike Sherman eventually had the brilliant idea that his best quarterback was. Uh, playing wide receiver for three years. So, uh, yes, he was a wide receiver at, at Texas A&M. The thing, about, the thing about Lamar is that he is just so clearly different. He is, he's actually the next Barry Sanders. You know, people Think assume so? that the next Barry Sanders would be a running back, but it, it's not. Lamar is the next Barry Sanders. The way that he looks playing quarterback is way different. Than wow. anything we than anything you've ever seen or or could imagine. Like he is unbelievable running the ball. He's unbelievable just standing in the pocket throwing the ball. I mean, he throws better than Jimmy G. Like easily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He throws better than Jared Goff. You know, he's he is a better quarterback. Really. You know, he's, he's a better quarterback than most quarterbacks in the league. And he is probably the second best football player behind Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, someone get Bill Polian on the phone to let him know that this guy could have played quarterback and to take back those nasty things he said. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lamar is <laughs> Lamar is awesome. Uh, just a real quick, sticking with the Ravens, one thing, because this does connect to Lamar. Um, Mark Andrews, their tight end. You know, I was perusing Twitter, and last year, you know, Mark Andrews didn't play more than half the snaps in any game, like 52%. Really? Yeah. So yesterday, he played 71 because it was a blowout, right? Yeah. And he was already one of the three or four best highest-producing tight ends in the league last year. He will finish this year as the best tight end, like in terms of statistics, without question, if that rate keeps up. Yeah, because I think Kittle's in, in, in San Fran is out, right? Broken, I, I mean, a bad knee or something like that. Something yeah, he has, like he has a sprained ankle. They don't. They, I don't think they said quite yet how bad it is. Um, but even even if not, like it, it doesn't matter. You know, with what Andrews did last year, playing half the snaps, and you would have to assume at some point the Ravens. I mean, they should be losing more this year than they were last year because they were like never behind last year. That 
he, I mean, he is going to be the tight end one. So for anybody out there who does want to do something good in fantasy, go get Mark Andrews and mm-hmm. lock him in. He is basically a wide receiver and like a top 10 wow. wide receiver. Wow. Okay. Great. I that's that's very interesting. That's why I love this show because you always learn something. Um, okay, so going now to to Trubisky, um, obviously versus your boys. Um, I know it was a we were texting uh, kind of like you know, jarring each other during the game. I was having a worse time than you were because uh it's just it's just awful in New York right now. You're both still having a worse time than I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally almost lit myself on fire in my jersey. Like I it got that bad. It got that bad. So, anyway, so your take on, do you think your boys lost to Trubisky getting hot, or you think that the Lions just got snake bit at the end? Oh, boy. Okay. So, here's the thing. I think we can safely say without a doubt that New York Jets head coach Adam Gase is the worst coach in the league. Oh, absolutely. However. draft, he's going number one. However, Matt Patricia is very close. Like, it's a clear number one, number two. Like, like Adam Gase is, is Usain Bolt, but Matt Patricia is whoever gets that silver medal who's also really fast, but nobody okay. knows his name because the other one's gotcha. Usain Bolt. Matt Patricia, I think, is the worst coach with the, lead, with the lead I've seen ever. I mean, Lloyd Carr at Michigan was really bad, but Matt mm. Patricia is... Like, and not only that, he's not good at any facet of coaching. He's not good at coaching in the game. His players hate him. He's awful with the media. Pretty sure there's, like, a credible sexual assault case that he got swept under the rug in the 90s. Like, there's literally nothing redeemable about this person at all. And so, like, so that's, that's where it starts. You know, when the Lions have a lead under Patricia in the fourth quarter... It always feels like they lose, and that's why we see national commentators talking about their. They're even now starting to say same old Lions, like we say in Detroit. Yeah. The Lions lost because Matt Patricia is terrible. They also lost because the Detroit Lions are only allowed to have two good players at any given time, no matter what. It does. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's Herman Moore, Barry Sanders, and fifty-one assholes, or it's <laughs> or it's Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, and fifty-one assholes. Hey, hey, hey. Bobby Mitchell's in there somewhere, buddy. <laughs> or now it's Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, and 51 assholes who cannot catch the football. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. understand it. I no, just, it, it, yeah. it never changes. You know, yeah. we can only, and the two players we have are always really good. Yeah. Really I mean, it's, good. It's, I really thought you guys were going to pull that one out, to be honest with you. I Because Trubisky looked that bad. Yeah, and I thought we'd like, pull it out no too. Way. We were winning by 17 at the start of the fourth quarter. I thought we'd pull it out too. Yeah, you know, I, I would have first chance right. to win according to FBI. I thought we'd pull it out too. Yeah, it's obviously I see it, it still resonates with you. So I, I mean, mean it's just sure, tiptoe off these guys. And, and shout out to my cousins Mike and Janelle. They're just incredibly cute, baby girl Reese. So Reese is like four years old, and Mike, my cousin, he's losing his mind, of course, as the Lions lose this game. So Janelle records their their four-year-old daughter, and she's just going on like well, why don't they just catch the football and beat the Bears? And it's like, yeah, Reese, that's a really good wow. point. You're four. So wow. do you want a job coaching the Lions? Because you're probably better than Matt Patricia. And you're going to be better with the media. So, and, and ladies and gentlemen, just for the record, you're talking to a guy, meaning my co-host Dave, who actually marched on, was it City Hall or Fort Field? Like, would you guys march on to get um, 
uh, your GM at the time. Yes, I worked at the local radio station back in the in the mid '90s, and we organized a a protest march. Uh, awesome. Against so the Bengals were coming to play the Lions. It was against Matt Millen and his continued employment. And uh, we organized a protest march to coincide with Lions fans. Decided to all wear their hunting gear, which is orange, to the game against the Bengals. So there was an oh, orange man. out at Old Court Field. Yeah. So yeah, if you're, I mean, the Lions fans listening probably remember this. But if you're not a Lions fan or you don't remember, just Google the orange out. Uh, yeah, it was a, gotta, it looked like a Bengals home game. I gotta do that. I gotta do yeah. that. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So sorry, that's I didn't even get up on a tangent complaining about oh, the no, Lions. No, no, no. This is your show. This is this your is, show. You, this show will probably happen fourteen more times this year, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, no, Mitch Trubisky sucks. Mitch Trubisky is terrible. Like Mitch Trubisky is Ryan Leaf, but can run. You know, there. Mitch yeah. Trubisky's done. He's he's toast. You know, he's. Yeah, I have all these things to say about give Baker more time, better coaching, and Sam Darnold and whatever. No, Mitch Trubisky is terrible, and he will not be the quarterback that ends of the year for, for Chicago. And he'll get signed as a backup somewhere next year, and then he'll get cut, and then he'll be in the XFL. And then the Rock will hit him with the rock bottom because he's terrible. <laughs> so, no, Mitch Trubisky sucks. I don't want to talk about Mitch Trubisky anymore. It's terrible. No, I, I just had him on my list of quarterbacking because, again, you know, for – for all you, you know, guys listening, guys and girls listening, you know, we, you know, we always try to have a little fun on the show and, you know, we, and Dave and I, when we talk offline, we, we got, you know, we get serious, but we also have a laugh because of our personalities, but it's kind of a sad, a sad day when someone like Cap, I hate to keep bringing Cap into these conversations, but, you know, a guy who, who got a team to a Super Bowl appearance can't get a job, but you got guys struggling, you know, for years now. I mean, when when are we going to see some kind of level playing field? So, yeah, I, I'm a little slighted by that because, again, our quarterback for the Jets, I can't even say it's more Adam Gase or just the entire Jets squad, but you highlighted a, a point to me about Le'Veon. And obviously, I guess now he is hurt because he, he tried to say his hamstring wasn't bothering him, but his stats were fucking horrendous, right? The only guy that, that could could have walked out of that meeting Monday morning was was or I'm sorry Tuesday morning was uh, Crowder because he's he's the only one that had a breakaway touchdown. He did the only thing that he can do in a losing situation. I mean the Bills looked like world beaters because we couldn't show up to a football game. Uh, that's because you the know? Bills might be world beaters. <laughs> I remember yeah, I they made Josh Rosen look Josh like Allen, a MVP candidate. Now it did happen against the New York Jets. No, they're well coached. They're well coached. I would give them. I would give them that. Gates got out coached. The entire Greg Williams got out coached. I mean, it was again Jets Nation. I know your pain. I've I've been a Jets fan since 1984, and I I have not. I, there's a handful of seasons on my hand that I'm holding up right now that I can actually say that I actually wore my colors and I was proud of it. Sunday was horrendous. Horrendous. All right. Sorry about my rant, guys. <laughs> but we got to keep plugging ahead. Uh, so, hey, just real, um, quick, real quick. Yeah. Right now, what will the, the total number of wins for the Lions and the Jets be this year? Combined? Mm-hmm. Combined? Uh, um, I'll say eight. I'll take the under. We, we each have four games. Yeah, I'll take under. Because we're going to split one with the Dolphins. 
<laughs> yeah, just, so you um, think that's where they're going to make the switch to Tua and just windmill all over you guys. Yeah, see, and and I, I love that segue. I love that segue because uh, Fitzy, and I told you guys, I told you guys in the preview show, you're either going to get pick six Fitz or Fitz Magic. And three interceptions... The guy's a Harvard, a Harvard guy. So obviously he's, he's he's a little smart. And he's made some money in the league. But I'm like, if I had to pay a ticket to see that, that would be insane. So yeah. So <laughs> Dolphins fans, we're probably gonna see two about weeks, week four, if this keeps going on. Yeah, I mean if 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 I thought that they should just let Tua sit all season, but it's possible Fitz is just done too because he's also 900 years old. Yeah, so I mean, it, I mean, it yeah. yeah, I mean, you're trotting the guy out to do what? And I, and honestly, I wouldn't even know if I'm a Dolphins fan if I would want this guy mentoring my future franchise guy. I don't even know if that, I, if that's a good idea. Or you no. might want the Harvard guy helping him break down tape. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume the Harvard guy can like pick up on some patterns and and whatever. Um, Touche. Touché. Not that Tua seems to have any trouble with uh <laughs> with any of that, but you know, I, I you know, having fits around for that probably won't be won't be too bad. So okay. all right, and then the last quarterback, um who you think uh obviously we saw Big Ben versus uh Danny Dimes last night. Um to me, Danny Dimes is still he's he's an Eli clone. He's an Eli Manning clone. Um some of the most bonehead throws I can think of. Um, especially when it counts. I don't understand if you're leading a team down the field. And again, I know how hard this job might be because there's only 32 of them in the world. And he has one of them. But, you know, you can't put your team in situations like that. So what do you think of uh, Big Ben and Denny Dimes last night? So uh, Ben, Ben Roethlisberger was, you know, I assumed he'd come back and be pretty much like what we expected last year before he got hurt, and he was. And that's why I said in the preview, I think the Steelers are a lock for one of those wild card, one of those wild card uh, positions, and it'd be a dangerous team once they get once they get into the into the playoffs. So nothing too surprising there. That's what we thought Pittsburgh would look like all the way around. As far as uh, Daniel Jones goes, I do not think he's an Eli Manning clone. I think no? there's two major differences. One, Danny jo- uh, uh, Daniel Jones can run. Whereas Eli Manning never could. And Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. And Daniel Jones will never sniff the Super Bowl. So (laughs) I think that those are two major differences uh, between them. Other than that, I mean, I sort of agree with you. Like, as far as, like, the the making boneheaded plays. However, I think Eli Manning made a lot of boneheaded plays because he trusted his arm to, like... Which was smart because he had a real powerful arm, like, to try to get it in there or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones does not. Okay. You know... But but I think Daniel Jones right now and Baker Mayfield proje- like have the same chance at success in the NFL. Wow. Which says a lot about both of them. But that says a lot about Jones where what people thought about him when he was drafted and where he is. Yeah, well, right? see, like I- well, see, you know, and sorry to cut you, brother. I See, he didn't – it's not his fault when he got picked. And, you know, we're talking about Danny Dimes here. You know, Baker was actually, you know, number one. So I get that. But, you know, he got picked. Uh, they weren't happy with the pick, meaning like the New York area wasn't happy with the pick. But, you know, he, he did have a flash last year. But again, 
you know, it's up to Joe Judge now to show us what they can do with this guy and obviously Jason Garrett. So we'll see if the knock was on Jason Garrett or Dak at some point. So we'll see how this So you just said that it's up it's up to Joe Judge and Jason Garrett. That means Daniel Jones is doomed. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So I'm glad you picked up on my cynicism here. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he won't the Super Bowl. Won't right. We also mentioned with Wentz about the horrible offensive line getting him murdered by the football team's defense. I think we really need to focus on that for the Giants as well. That offensive line might have been worse than the Eagles. And the Steelers are a great defense. They get pressure. I mean, uh, Jones was under pressure all night long. Saquon could not do anything. Oh, man. They, they, were, they were stonewalling that guy. He, I never seen something. For, for a weapon that, that um, you know, that juiced up, I said, man, they, they were stopping him. I mean, he was touching the ball and it was four guys on him. Insane. Right. And so, and so, I mean, I think that any team, if you have like one of the 10 worst offensive lines, maybe one of the seven worst offensive lines in football, I think your quarterback is also going to look awful. Right. I don't think that, I don't think you can be successful as a quarterback if your offensive line is just hot garbage. Yeah. The way the Eagles and the Giants are. So I think we can expect Daniel Jones and Wentz to look worse than they actually are until the lines get fixed. That is true. That is true. Okay, so so switching gears here, uh, what rookie had the best outing? And then what rookie, obviously it's unfair to judge a guy on one game. What rookie we, we should be worried about? Anyone that we should be worried about? Okay, so the so to start with the rookies that had the best game, we actually saw a lot of great rookie performances. My focus tends to be on the offensive side of the ball because, you know, fantasy and stuff like that, DraftKings, all that. So I'm thinking more on the offense. A few rookies really stood out. First, going back to Thursday, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back for the Chiefs. Oh, out of nowhere, bro. He's he's a beast. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I call him Brian Westbrook Jr., and I think that's actually just accurate. I think that's just right. <laughs> um, So... Uh, and I saw a stat floating around Twitter. I don't really follow credible people. So that the leading rusher for the league this week was Edwards Hilaire with like 129 yards. And the second leading rusher was Edward Hilaire yards after contact with 106. Nice. Yeah, I mean, he's so he's he's set. He's good. Some other rookies that really jumped off, jumped off the screen. Last night, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver for Denver. Yeah. He had a couple big drops. But, you know, nerves, whatever, getting used to the league. The way he moves, I, like, he translates. I, you know, I was always concerned, like, will this guy translate from putting up 85-yard touchdowns on Michigan's face in the bowl game with his smooth running to the NFL? But he did. So he's good. Like, he's he's in. He's set. He's fine. Mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb, wide receiver for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. was the fastest runner on the field in their game against the Rams. And Amari Cooper was on the field. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And he can go. He can catch. He can do all that. So, C.D. Lamb looked looked really good as well. So, those three. Uh, oh, and uh, one more. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, the running back for, for Baltimore. Uh, Mark Ingram will also be in the XFL. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you you text me during the game saying that he should be packing up for the plane right about now to head to the race. Yeah. I mean, I told you. I told I told, I told the preview, like, my week six, Dobbins would be the guy. Dobbins had more snaps, had more carries, had more carries inside the five and square two touchdowns. And they're basically clones of each other. It's over for Mark Yeah. Ingram. It was like, a coming out party. I mean, it was like, you know, that's when you got to look at the guy down the side of the bench and be like, holy shit, I think I'm done here. 
Right. I mean, I mean, no, the good news for you is that Mark Ingram might actually be a Jet before long. If Le'Veon Bell is hurt, yeah. they can, you know, work a little deal, get Ingram to the Jets. Um, so you have two non-embarrassing players on offense, <laughs> him and Crowder. Yeah, the best guy, um, the best guy that we had, in your words, played for Seattle. <laughs> yeah. And had a, mon- yes, yes, and had a Jets, monster game at that, a monster game. Yes, which, by the way, I texted that line to you about the Jets' best player playing in Seattle yeah. during the games. Yeah, because by the time this comes out, other people who are listening to this will have heard Stephen A. Smith say that in ESPN. I just want to be noted, I would never steal from Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> I'm much funnier and much more insightful. I would never look for him. He said the same thing, but I did say it yes, first. Yes, you did. To Steve. Noteworthy. <laughs> noteworthy. <laughs> um, so... Uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I went defense and I just kind of kept with the two guys. Um, Diggs mm-hmm. on the Cowboys because I know his, his two yep. brothers. He had a really, really good yep. showing, um, you know, uh, ex Alabama cornerback. And then um, Chase for the Washington football team. You know, I think he had I think he had a, a sack and a half with a forced fumble. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. Ch- yeah. Chase Young was. I mean, Chase Young is one of the top defensive line prospects we've seen in a very long time coming out of Ohio State. And I was not surprised to see him put up good numbers in that game. Again, the starting tackles for the Eagles are like a paperclip and an ink pen. Yeah. So, you know, that that wasn't much of a shock. I would like, I'm excited though to see him go up against legitimate offensive mm-hmm. lines because he might also be dominant. Yeah. Right. I think that he might just be. He might just be that good, so I agree. I agree with both of those. Were there any that stuck? That any rookies that struck you as being particularly terrible? Um, no. I mean, I I, I couldn't put it on Joe Burrow because it's. I mean, you're coming into a situation where it's a rebuild, and you can't put. The, I mean, you can't put that on someone unfairly. And I think he actually played a decent game for a rookie come out. Um, so I really, I really don't have a. Uh, a anyone played horrible because again, if they're if they're a rookie. They didn't have the traditional season um, preseason that that these guys would all, would normally have. Right. So it's it's unfair for me to say, oh, this guy's going to be a bust or this guy looks horrible. It's hard to say that. Talk to me in week six when I'm like, okay, now we're you know we got a, a larger sample size, and we're like, okay, this guy looks like he's getting beat or he's confused or we don't know what's going on with this guy. So you know, awesome. So speaking of. Um, Washington football team. Um, I didn't know Ron Rivera was battling cancer, so you know, hopefully everything works out for the guy. Um, it's tough to hear that. I, you know, I, I lost my dad to cancer, so fuck cancer. It's it's my it's kind of yeah, like my fuck thing. cancer is exactly correct. Yeah. So you know that the fact that he's doing that, and I think that you know they were they were unexpected to win that game, and they pulled it out. So you know, good for them. Check this out. I think they should keep the Washington football team as their as their team. As their team name. What do you think of that? I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've really? ever heard. Everyone I've talked yes. to, and I knew you were going to take the stance. Everyone I talked to was like, you know what? I can have a team with no name. You know, because, uh, I mean, when someone in this area takes 300 names and trademarks them, you know, it's hard for you to find something that's going to stick and be a household name. So, yeah, we'll see if, if they um, if they keep the no name thing going or not. And the reason I say that is because DC has no representation anyway. So it would kind of be like a nice tongue-in-cheek plan worse type of thing. So we shall see. No, well, if they want to do that, 
they could just name themselves the Washington Senators. Yeah. And then, like, be like, no, we don't have any Senators. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Should, that would be good. Wasn't a uh, baseball team that at one that point? Says, That's where the Washington right. Nationals were back in the day because I have one of their vintage mm-hmm. hats. Okay. Yes, and the the hockey team in Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa. I mean, it's a common yeah. thing in capital yeah. cities. Uh, or they could just come out and be like, actually, we're going to go back to the racial slur name until we're a state. It will become the second. <laughs> you know, they try to like, oh, that wouldn't work because Republicans want to be a state or Republicans think the name is racist. Yeah. So like that, that would be the wrong, the wrong way. Oh, but man. you, you see you working though. Like, you know, they could do something like that. But no, they cannot be the Washington football team. They cannot just say football team on there because a video game that doesn't have a license. Like that's not... <laughs> Not Walsh football, Provo versus South Bend. We need to we need to come with the name of the team. Awesome. Um, how long do you think the experiment with Cam Newton lasts with the, running the guy fifteen times for seventy five yards? So I don't I don't think I don't think he's going to run fifteen times a game. I think that that was something that worked out very well against Miami. Okay. I think that I think Cam Newton is going to be in in uh, uh, New England for what he's 30, 31. So. Four years, five years. I think. I think he's there. And I think. I think when he goes, the Belichick goes. Yeah. Too. I, well, you know what? I. I think. I think Bill. Um, you know, obviously playing against a lot of teams prior to Cam coming there that had mobile quarterbacks, now has one of his own. So I think that he's going to use Cam as creative as they can with him. I just hope that you know Cam doesn't do more outside of the skill set that he probably has. Um, I would love to see that like the rookie year cam, but I know that his body has taken a lot of beating over the year and I wouldn't hate to see this guy just get destroyed over a team that really had a lot of guys opt out and they don't really have a lot of stuff on the field right now to help him. So whatever they did, it worked against Miami, but we'll see how that plays out the rest of the year against some tougher opponents. Because again, with not having fans and obviously weather being something down the line, there is no home field advantage anymore right now, guys. There's no 12th man. You know, I don't care how much sound you pump into that stadium, you know, without the live thing of, of, of Arrowhead jumping, you know, on CenturyLink field jumping, we won't know, you know, but we'll know when you got to go through New England <laughs> for the playoffs and you got to go up north and play in that cold weather, we'll see. So, you know. Cam, good luck. So, a couple interesting things. A couple interesting things about that. One, uh, there are studies that show that uh, a lot of home field advantage is connected to getting home cooking from the refs, and then the refs feel the pressure from the crowd. So, you're right that not having the crowd is a big deal. However, I don't think the crowd needs to be that big. So, you know, and a couple, you know, as time passes here, if the pandemic stays at the level that it's at, which is highly unlikely, unfortunately, <laughs> but if it does, we will start seeing more and more fans allowed into more and more stadiums. Yeah. And you only need, I mean, if you only have 10,000 people, but they're all screaming at you, that's what's interesting to that 60,000. Like you're still being screamed at by an unruly yeah. mob. So, <laughs> that's true. you know, that, that could come back, that could come back sooner rather than later. And what I sent you right before the show was uh, a credible report that the Browns are shopping Odell wow, Beckham. I couldn't believe and that you sent me the, that. I mean, I, I mean, I could, but, and, I, but I couldn't, you know. Right. And the team that could use him the most, if Odell wants to win, that needs a wide receiver and have can, like, give up some stuff to get him and is willing to make deals is New England. Yeah. And if all of a sudden you put Odell Beckham on this team with Cam Newton, now – 
now we're talking like, okay, now it's them in Buffalo and they're even. And they're going to be, you know, if you put Odell Beckham on the Patriots right now, would you say the Patriots are better than every team but the Chiefs and the Ravens then in the AFC? I would say that. I mean, I mean, I mean, in the in the caption that you sent me, they said that he's the 67th ranked receiver right now, which is crazy to me because I wondered what he was prior to coming to the Browns. Um, obviously, you know, he, he had some really good years in New York, but, you know, I don't know if the lack of targets or the lack of not being targeted or the lack of you're running a track meet and gassers every fucking week. Um, if it's gotten to him to the point where he might have forced this to say, hey, you know what? Shot me, guys, because I think I'm done. He, here. Well, I think him wanting out, too, is the best evidence that you have that Baker Mayfield is, is just pure yeah. trash. I mean, I, you know, I, and again, you know, we um, I think you taught me this since I've known you that. You know, college and the NFL, there's only a few guys that it has a transferable skill. But most right. most people will see get to the NFL and they'll disappear. You know, like like they'll they won't be around. And I think I think this is Baker's I, I and I'll stand on this for next week's show. If he gets outgunned tomorrow, I mean I'm sorry, Thursday, we're gonna have a really, really, really big problem in Cleveland really big problem because you know not to say that, that Joe Burrow is not a good quarterback but for a rookie to come in and do that again Baker has uh, his fourth head coach now I believe if I'm not mistaken but again but you've been playing with some of these guys and you're the leader of the team you're the CEO you're the leader of the team and you know you gotta rally these guys to win but when I'm seeing you roll out when you shouldn't be rolling out or you roll out and a guy and you're leading a guy and you can't hit him um, that's concern for me. So, you know, just to kind of note that in the annals there. Yeah, I think I think that I think that, yeah, so I agree with you that Baker Mayfield is probably terrible and that this Thursday is like a lose-lose for him. Either he's terrible against a bad team and it's like it's probably done, or he's good against a bad team and we're like, well, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. So he's really played himself into a tough a tough situation so yeah, we shall see we shall see all right so we kept you know we kept the show pretty moving pretty fast today guys um and you know thanks for bearing with us as always um any um any uh so i have i have two segments i want to go over really quickly our two minute drill uh any big games this weekend that we should have a a good look at any so let me pull up the schedule right now. Uh, let's see. Oh, the Lions are at the Packers. Oh, That's going to go ooh, great. Ooh, 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 ooh. So it's funny because as I think, because my first thought when I think big games, I think for like daily fantasy yeah, sports. Yeah. So big games, the Falcons are at the Cowboys. Okay. And after what we saw, what Russ did to the Falcons on the road, I, and when the Cowboys are in a great bounce back spot here, I actually think the Cowboys just looking at this are going to absolutely demolish Atlanta. And we might see like this, this could be a vintage Amari Cooper seven for 203 sort of, sort it's of thing. It's insane that Matt Ryan threw for 450 in that game. Julio had 100, and lost. 157 yards. Julio had a, and a loss. It's, <laughs> oh, here we go. Here, here we go. Related, related to what we talked about today. Um, because there can't really be huge games yet. Everybody's only played one yeah. game. But the the Washington should be Senators are at Arizona. Ooh. So now we'll see if Chief can get after Kyler Murray. <laughs> after Kyler Murray just 
took apart the 49ers, who I, I also said <laughs> 49ers were a bit overrated. The Cardinals, the Cardinals will finish higher than them in that yeah. division. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree 100% with that. Yeah. Um, my Jets have the 49ers, by the way. So we, they better, they better, you know, get these guys because uh, Kittle won't be playing. But I don't think it's going to matter because the coaching is going to be the coaching. So until we get another coach, I'm not going to be talking a lot of Jets this year, guys. Sorry, Jets Nation. I just, I got to get excited, but I can't. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure the Lions will do great. I'm sure that our overdrafted rookie cornerback who couldn't guard Marvin Jones in camp will really shut down uh, Devontae oh Adams. Oh, my Bro, this that's going to go swimmingly, I'm sure. I mean, it's like the Packers have a lot of momentum and are feeling good coming off of their last game or anything. So, God so, so, Pat, but, uh, so, so what's your coach's name? Patricia is his last name? Uh, uh, yeah, Patricia. Should, should he be calling a realtor yet or not yet? Should he be calling a realtor to get another house out of town? Because um, I think um, it, it's going to get worse before it gets good. You know, some team next year is going to hire him to coach the defense and Gates to coach the offense, Ooh, right? man. They have a lot of money to burn, literally. Who burn? Right. And, and, they'll bring in, and, they'll, and they'll bring in Jason Garrett to be head coach. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, we don't have, you know, obviously week two we have, you know, we have some, um, some good games coming up. But I just want the NFL Network and the Red Zone to replicate what they did because it was actually pretty exciting for me to watch so you know I I mean and you did tell me again in your crystal ball hey you're going to keep your red zone on watching these rookies watching these guys watching storylines and you're right I got to listen to you more man to you more <laughs> hey you said it you already heard it so you can't take it back <laughs> all right any obviously we we spoke of two coaches that are obviously on hot seats um, I mean, I think Gase's chair is on fire right about now um, versus just being hot or warm. Uh, any other coach you kind of question like, whoa, like this can get, you know, good or this can get bad. Anybody that you see, I know, again, it's only week one, but anyone you see from last year's body of work who has to really coach for their job this year. Yeah, there's only there's only three in the league that come to mind real quick. Patricia and Gase, yeah. of course. Uh, but also Bill O'Brien. Oh yeah, because it's not going to get better. They got Baltimore oh, this week. Man, yeah, they open Chiefs Ravens. Like, there's there's a chance that they lose by 35 points this week, and then they win five games the rest of the way because they know they're already out of it. And once you get hammered by the Chiefs and the Ravens, the AFC, what are you yeah. playing for? Like, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, to beat. yeah, those, yeah, those no. are statement games for you. You, you got to either show up in that game or you got to like fight back. And they didn't fight back against the Chiefs, so obviously, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, so I think Bill O'Brien is on the list with Gase and Patricia okay. right now. So obviously, you know, as the weeks go by, we're gonna, you know, um, examine what coaches are looking potentially to be um, jettisoned um, for the most part. And obviously, you know, we have. A lot of narratives coming up with that. Lastly, I want to go over, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to go over um, as far as as far as Las Vegas goes. Um, and again, this is from the sports uh, sports side of it, sports betting that that side of it. Um, how how are the Raiders looking to you? Awful. Yeah. 
I mean, the Panthers are bad too. That was just a fun game because both teams mm-hmm. are terrible. Uh, and so it was, it was a, it was a fun, it was a fun game uh, to watch. One of the notes that I had about that game though uh, is a fantasy note for people if they're interested is that Josh Jacobs is fool's gold. He had a great game, but it's not going to be that great going forward. This is a great uh, sell high situation. So to relate to what I said earlier, if you have Josh Jacobs, try to trade him for Mark Andrews (laughs) and something else because he's a running back. Like you can fleece people, like fleece them with Josh Jacobs and go get, go get better people. Um, Yeah. The the Raiders are terrible. Uh, Derek Carr, there was a great play by Henry Ruggs. And the reason why Henry Ruggs wasn't on the list of good rookies is that Ruggs was flying down the field and Carr could only throw it 30 yards. So Ruggs had to slow up and he got caught at the one yard line because he had to wait for the ball. Yeah. it, 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 you know, Yeah. Hello. Yep. Sorry about that. Had a had a uh, quick technical difficulty. Sorry, guys, for listening. Um. So, what I was saying about uh, the calls in football, I think that the Cowboys call was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the perfect scenario because again, games on the line. You know, it's a scenario that's happening, unfolding live. But you know, the rule is what it is. And unfortunately, I don't think that cost you the game. But, you know, you shouldn't have had that situation happen in the first place to have the game on the line in that fashion. That's just my take on it, Kyle. Guys, and it's just unfortunate that that happened. The other call that was chippy to me was the Joe Burrow, um, you know, non-touchdown. Where, uh, am I right there with the... Uh... No, that's 100% pass interference. AJ Green only wins and makes the play because of the interference he committed. It wasn't like they were both hand fighting or whatever. He literally two hand shoved the guy. Like, <laughs> like, like it was like Jamie Collins and the referee with the head buddy. Like he literally just shoved him away and turned and caught the ball. So I actually thought that was the correct, the correct call, even even in such a uh, high leverage situation. Gotcha. Okay. All right. One, you know, you know, we always uh, would try to address calls on this on this on this program because a lot of people who are new to football that may listen for the first time may have to understand how how these you know how these rules come about and you know what happened in history to make these rules come about when it comes out to um some of the infighting that happens um it's basically you know down to you know position and how you gain position you know you can't leverage or receive you can't push off you can't push off a you know a back you know and there is hand fighting that happens but again you have to play the ball so yeah no i agree and the uh the thing about the calls too is that any bad call against the cowboys is a good call (laughs) Uh, this is gonna love that yeah, just just anything, anything, anything that screws the Cowboys or the Packers is just karma, anyways. So, you know, I don't think they should have thrown the flag against against Michael Gallup, but whatever. You know, that's that's what they get. They have a hundred years of bad karma coming to them. What did you think of the? I mean, you mentioned the Jamie Collins thing, right? Is is that the guy's name, Jamie Collins? Yeah. Yep. What did you think of that? I think that you should not headbutt referees if you don't want to get thrown out of football games. I don't see. When I first saw it happen, I thought it was 
and like he got upset about it and he and he did it. But I think he was demonstrating what happened. Like, hey, I got speared or something. And but obviously, anyone who's played football, you cannot under any circumstance touch a referee. You okay. can run him over, but you can't put a finger on them. You can't touch them with your equipment. You can't give them the old shoulder nudge. You can't do that. Like that's a. I don't even know why that rule exists, but you can't like they're like they're untouchable out there. You cannot right. touch these guys. Right. And it's a rule that everybody knows. And so since I I assume that Jamie Collins and the referee you speak English, I assume that the referee and Jamie Collins are both well versed in the rules of football. So I feel like Jamie Collins could have just said, like, hey, I got speared. Yeah. You know, I don't think he actually had to demonstrate it to the referee. Because even if you could touch the refs, and I'm the ref in that spot, and he like, and that put in that case, it just becomes condescending. Like, just say it. I know what it means to be speared, but you're gonna show me by headbutting me in the chest. You're out of here. <laughs> like, you know, I I wouldn't. Like, it's it's just the dumbest thing. It's, I mean, he is so lucky DeAndre Swift dropped that football. Because yeah, everybody <laughs> yeah, else should be talking about Jamie Collins, and it's just complete moronic. You know. He headbutted an official. Yeah, it's it's like I said, I've um I've only seen it live once in a high school game I was involved in, where another guy was actually on the on the other team was pushed into the ref. And at that point, ignorant to me, I didn't know like you couldn't do that. But the ref took it as, you know, like an assault. Like he like the guy barreled into me. And he's trying to explain, like, I pushed into you, but the ref was, his, I think his back was turned. So, obviously, he tossed him out of the game, which actually gave us an, an advantage because, you know, you know, the guy was a stud. And I think that that might have been done intentionally, but I can never prove that. But we had, <laughs> we had one of the greatest games of our, our high school careers because, you know, this, this guy was off the field, you know. But, again, you know, you know, for those out there listening that are new to football, the NFL rule book has evolved over century that the game has been played. Um, and a lot of rules exist for a lot of reasons. There are, there are rules that we've never seen, things that we've never seen, but there's a rule for it. And at some point, something's going to happen and we see something and something's big. And I'm like, what is And then there's an actual rule for it. We're like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that that existed. You know, and a couple of years ago, was it Donovan McNabb that said that he didn't know something it was the it was the, i forgot the game but he didn't know the rule for a tie <laughs> oh my goodness i don't know if you remember that he didn't he was sitting in a presser and they're like yeah that, you know that's a tie and he's like really and i'm like wow you're an nfl quarterback probably should stop talking if you didn't know that you know but it happens you know um in closing in in closing thank you guys for listening to the show it is our first season first crack at this hopefully um, as as the weeks um, and months go by, you know, we're able to give you guys the same content. You know, Dave is very knowledgeable. I've gotten nothing but great feedback about how knowledgeable he is. He's easy to listen to, very funny. Uh, we sound good together, at least I think so. But obviously, I've been getting some emails and texts about how great the show was in our in our season preview. So hopefully, you know, we can keep this thing rolling and get that kind of going. So our our week starts thursday because there's a, a game on thursday and then obviously we go through the weekend and then the monday night games sunday monday night games and then we'll try to you know record either wednesday or thursday tuesday was a one-off for us but 
again, we'll try to do our best to kind of give you guys some good content because things happen fluently in the NFL. And uh, like I said, the, OB, the OBJ thing today was a real shocker. Right before we went on air, I get this text from Dave and I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that they were shopping him. But again, I, you know, I can't blame the guy because you leave New York with a monster contract and then you're disappearing out of the league. We're not going to remember this guy in two years that he was this great talent if he doesn't get from under this quarterback. No, given given what he likes to get up to in his private time, I think we'll never forget Odell Beckham. <laughs> and That's if you don't one. know what I'm talking about, <laughs> just go ahead and Google that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you were going to go there, but <laughs> oh, man. You know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what? But but in all seriousness, I think you have a point about um, about that. And the reason I say that is because um, I know a couple of professional athletes, football players and other sports. And the one thing that I do know about football in particular, you can't be halfway playing this thing. You know, either you're a football player all the way or you're not. You can't be trying to run a business trying to do this, trying to do that, be Mr. Hollywood, be in movies and all this stuff. You know, you, when your career is over, which might be in four or five years, then you can have all the time in the world to pursue those things. In the meantime, rack up as much stats, try to get to the Hall of Fame if that's your thing. But, you know, I think Odell, as the one that we're picking on here, he needs to concentrate on football. But again, if your quarterback can't hit you and you're a dynamic <laughs> dynamic weapon with another bookend receiver that's, e- that's equally gifted, it's insane because you give any other quarterback worthy, um, you know, give Stafford that, Landry and and Odell, and let's see something happen. I mean, honestly, at this point, that's a downgrade. I'd rather have Kenny Galladay than Odell Beckham. Like, why, why are you going <laughs> to make the Lions worse? That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't happy? even know. Why are you trying to if... harm the Lions? <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. Is it possible? Well, yeah. If you replace Kenny Galladay with Odell Beckham, yes, it would be it would be terrible. I would take Beckham with Kenny Galladay if he wants to come to Detroit. Yeah, come on in. You know, we'll 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 take you. But you know, no, I'm not trading Kenny Galladay for Odell Beckham. I honestly think that um, if he was to go on the chopping block, um, some teams would get him on the cheap, obviously. But I think I think I think there'll be three, two or three suitors that will step up for his services. And that's talking about now. If it's after week one looking to shop this guy, that says a lot of what's going on over there. Yep. That 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 we're in week one. We're not week four or week five. We're in week one. And and they're like, huh, either he wants out, they want him out, or it's a mutual departure here. So we shall see. Um, any closing remarks for you? Yeah, just real quick. Uh it's a little bit outside. We talk more NFL, but it is political football and Big Ten's coming back. I heard about that, and and I heard it was a hot mic when the guy like spilled the beans about it. Yeah, it's not it's not <laughs> official yet, but it's it's gonna happen. That rapid test at the NBA, you know, they developed in their bubble or they used their bubble to help speed up the trials or whatever. I'm not a statistician. Yeah. Whatever they did, uh, the Big Ten's gonna get it. They're gonna have it. They're gonna put it in place, and I think that they can actually pull this off. They're looking to come back about October 17th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game right before That's- the playoff selection, and you know. That's what Let's I heard. That's what I heard. The um, and speaking of that, since we're on we're on that, because you did mention the test in our preview show, um, there. So baseball announced today that they're going to go to the bubble format for for, for the uh, pennant race. 
Yeah, um, good job, baseball. Way to really come around on that one. Like a major, a major almost outbreak on, on on two squads for them to realize that. But I honestly think that you know, with with the amount of stadiums that we have in the NFL that are that are enclosed, um, we if, if and I'm 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 hoping that this doesn't happen. If they're you know not able to get a handle on this pandemic in the next couple of months that, you know, we have that option in the NFL, if you're listening, to go to, you know, pick two or three stadiums to have, you know, these games in a bubble format because it's, it's again, you know, we don't have to, you know, have the entire league uh, be played, these guys traveling into hot spots, but again. I was going to say, I don't think that the NFL is ever going to bubble. I think they'd rather just be signing, signing players off off the street to to come in or like you know if if 18 starting quarterbacks go out they'll just force chase daniel to go play for the eagles like no you <laughs> like know. chase chase you actually have, have to earn a paycheck now right you know I, I don't think i don't think the nfl is ever is ever going to bubble i also don't think that they're going to have to because they did it right as right as you can from the start and i think they're just willing to accept you know hey if all the wide receivers on the Falcons get COVID. Well, then they're going to throw it to Ty Gurley a lot. <laughs> he actually had an okay game. Okay. Oh know? my God, he, he runs like Rob Gronkowski. Like they <laughs> the exact same now. Yeah, I I actually forgot that that Gronk was playing for Tampa Bay. Like it, you know, I don't know. This is such a weird season to see these two guys down there. But again, you know, they want to extend their playing career. You know, good for them. But they can't complain. If the world takes a shit on them, because again, you guys came back. You didn't have to. You guys came back, and you know, much is asked <laughs> for much is received. But so. see, I think I think they understand that. I think that you know, if the world takes a shit on them, they'll take that Odell Beckham route and just understand and roll with it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm more interested as I asked you earlier. You know, when is when is Giselle's um, tweeting <laughs> gonna explode? all over like hey Tom you know it's not Tom it's these receivers that he has it's the defense you know <laughs> you know we'll, we'll see because again she's very outspoken for her guy and I get it but I'm like you know I could see that house like hey hey babe don't tweet that out please like you know <laughs> Mike Evans is crazy do not, oh. do not yeah not. he just <laughs> always fights Marshawn Lattimore I don't know why <laughs> like him and Lattimore always fight every time they play so no, it, it's it's like Jalen you know Ramsey and 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 um well he had a he had a beef with a couple of guys but uh uh Tlaib is another guy like that you know like these guys just kind of like they're like disruptors. Like they just kind of got to get in afraid every time they play with somebody. They they, they got to get into something, you know. Remember the guy was it Courtland Finnegan from the Titans? That he he was like that. He was just a maniac. I'm like, this guy should not be out here playing football. Courtland Finnegan. I think that's his name. It Courtland is. Finnegan. Yeah, no, he'll be on a roster when COVID starts <laughs> ravishing some the secondaries as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, guys, it was a great show. Um, week one is in the books. Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week.